Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. It's cherished takeover tonight. We have three incredible ladies preaching tonight. First off, we'll have Chantel Barron. Chantel is a connect group leader, incredible connect group leader, but she also has the most joyful and bubbly personality. You can't be around her and be sad. Her joy is contagious. She'll hype you up, so if you ever are going through a little bit of a down day, just, you know, call her husband and see if you can talk to her. Then we'll have Vanessa Oblinsky right after. Vanessa is also a Connect Group leader as well as a DNA leader. Her name could be Vanessa Isaiah Oblinsky. She's one of the most prophetic people we know. She has the eagle eye. She can see really far ahead and she just knows things. Very discerning spirits. I'm excited for his message as well. And then we have the beautiful Pastor Christina Science. She has the sweetest, kindest, most loving spirit with the savage anointing. Come on, somebody. So I'm ready to hear some truth tonight. It's going to be amazing. Pastor Christina is also the director over um, the regional pastoral care director over Balboa, El Cajon, and Eastlake. So she is a boss at Awaken Church. So with that, will you please help me welcome Chantel Barron. Wednesday afternoon. How are we doing tonight? There we go. I just want to start off with a little prayer. Um, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, because we are here tonight, and we just ask that you just flow in a supernatural way, Lord. I put myself before you and use me, Lord. I ask and declare that we have eyes to hear and uh, eyes to see and ears to hear you, Lord. I ask that you speak Speak through me and you touch our hearts. We love you, Lord. We praise you in your name. Amen. So I just want to take a time to honor our um, lead pastors and the privilege to be here, Leanne and Jurgen Metzathias, but most of all, our mama bear. Our, our campus pastors just had their baby, Leanne. Uh, Pastor Katie just had, she's a couple days, and she is absolutely amazing. She will be talking in Cherish Conference in just two weeks, so she is the epitome of what a Cherish woman warrior is. I just can't believe how amazing it is. So can we do a round of applause to our lead pastors here at Awaken. Well, I just want to start off with introducing myself. If anybody does know me, again, my name is Chantel. I'm married to that amazing man right over there, that hot little Latin lover. We have five children together between the ages of 12 and 6. A lot of people may say that I'm busy and my calendar is full. But um, going to Cherish, I want to talk about friendships. Because as far as my calendars, when it comes to friends, it's like when you're in an Italian restaurant, you had all the pasta, all the cheese, and all the pizza. But then you see the tiramisu and the espresso martini. And all of a the sudden, there's space. And you can order the tiramisu and the espresso martinis. And for me, that is what a friendship is. My calendar is never too full. And I never don't have enough time for them because they are a priority in my life. Friendships are my tiramisu. They bring so much joy and sweetness into my life. However, it wasn't always like this, so I'm gonna go into my testimony a bit. A couple years ago, I had a whole different circle of friends. I was very happy with my friends. Um, we had been friends for 10 years. They were my best friends um, growing up. They're actually family, they were family, um, godparents of my children. I was very content with my friendships. We looked alike, we dressed alike, we liked the same things. 
Um, we went to the same brunch spots. They were amazing. However, um, my life took a turn. We had three kids, and uh, my daughter, my middle child, Aliana, was two months when I found out I was pregnant with twins. So that was quite the surprise. And I was to the point where, okay, God, what do you want from me? <laughs> I'm here for you. And I had to go through a journey of seeking him and walking in alignment because I knew I couldn't do it without him. And in this journey, I asked God, God, can you please show me anything that doesn't align to your purpose? And what I didn't know is that there was people involved that didn't align to my purpose. And I was blinded and I actually didn't see it. And I made a very, very rookie mistake. I had a conversation with my mom and my husband and I said, God can take away anything except fulana, mengana, perengana. I was like, you can't take them away from me, God. And guess what? Like, does everybody know the Titanic? RMS Titanic? Um, Edward John Smith says, I dare God to sink the Titanic. And God was like, really? Okay, he's like the iceberg. I'm just going to put it right over here. And that sank real quick. And that's exactly what happened to me. I had put my friendships in an altar before God, and he sank that ship. I didn't understand it. I didn't see it because I thought my friends were great because they weren't harming me. We weren't doing anything wrong, but they weren't doing anything right in my life. So um, I really had to ask God and get like deep with him and ask him why he was doing that, why he was taking them away so fast. I got into depression. I was sad and I was crying. I was seeing social media and they weren't inviting me and they were going to these parties and like, why didn't they call me? It was so bad. And then God said, Chantel, you will never see a rose wrapped around weeds. You will never see a fruit tree wrapped around thorns. You will never see lionesses hanging around chismosas hyenas. You just won't see that. It doesn't happen. And I was like, I still don't see it. They're great. They're perfect. And then um, there was an instance where my husband took my son Sebastian to the lawn and he said, um, I need you to take the weeds out from the grass. And my son looked at him like, uh, what are the weeds? And he was so confused because he couldn't tell the difference. And then my husband pointed out the weeds to him. And he was like, oh, I see it now. How good is it that we have a father that we can ask for discernment and moments where we have blindness and we don't know what's going on. And he can say, this is what they look like and they don't belong in your life. This is, and they're not there. I'm not a gardener, I kill plastic plants, but I do know that if you cut a weed, it grows again. So you have to take it out by the roots completely so it will never grow again. So I did that, that was my friendships, but you also know that when you take something by the root, there's a patch or there's a hole that stays there. And I was in a time in my life where I had that hole and that patch in my life but God. And don't we praise him because of that but God all the time that he just knows the season that you're going to go through and he knows what you need. And two weeks prior to that event, I had walked through those doors. Well, not those doors. Those doors over there. <laughs> um, and I had walked through the doors of Awaken and I saw these amazing women that I have known since I was 15. Alex Morales, father married me and was our pastor, Lorena Gonzalez, Glass Practice pastor, Natalie Contreras, like um, Stacey Barbara, just women of faith and, and so filled with the Holy Spirit and just so alive with beautiful marriages and children's and businesswomen. And I walked in and I said, wow, I want to be here and I want to be around these women. So guess what? I showed up. I showed up to DNA. I showed up to connect group. I showed up to cherish prayer. I showed up on a Wednesday night. I showed up on a Sunday night. I showed up to cherish night. I showed up to cherish conference, even though I was afraid. And you know what? When you show up, God shows off. He shows off completely. So he knew the season that I was going to go through. Um, I was a stay-at-home mom with, mom with five kids. 
And um, I met my ex-partner and I was going to launch a business. There was no way I was going to launch a business without being surrounded by the women that empowered me so much. Um, long story short, my business partner wanted to steal the business from me. Granted, I was a marketer brander and she was the one who made the products. I ended up keeping the business, but there was a small, tiny problem. There wasn't anybody who could make the products anymore. So I was in a point of my life that I fell into a deep hole of depression. I was extremely sad. I was devastated. My heart was ripped out of my chest. I was vomiting yellow bile of the anger that I felt. And guess what? I received phone calls, texts, visits, messages of an army of women that came to me and said, Chantel, you can do it. You're going to make this happen. I'm praying for you. I'm interceding for you. I'm declaring victory over your life. And a Wednesday night, just like this, I was standing right over there. And Pastor Jürgen Matesia said, you with the pink shirt, because he didn't even know my name. You with the pink shirt, <laughs> you're going to get a supernatural download of creativity from heaven and anything that any strides that are going through your life you're going to conquer them and granted two weeks later my husband finds a school for me and in a, it's something that would have taken me five ten years took me two months and I created a whole new line a whole new collection and I was making the products by myself and we went to Las Vegas and we went to Atlanta and it's something that I thought was dead resurrected but I couldn't have done that if I didn't have the army of women that were around me declaring life over me saying that you can do it praying for me interceding for me lifting me up not only that I am um, talking about Pathfinders. I, I honestly thought I couldn't add another rice of grain on my barrel. Like I had so much going on, but I took that stretch and I said, Lord, you want me in Pathfinders? I'm going to get accepted. And I got accepted. And then two weeks ago, I had a very huge hurdle in my business, a huge hurdle, like, a, like this tall. And then my, I fell over and then I slid and like the dirt. And it was just like tragic. It was like a bad hurdle. And um, I, I couldn't even go to Pathfinders because I was crying and crying and crying. And I just like, I'm going to show up. And I showed up. And then after Pathfinders, we went to dinner, right? And I just started crying out of nowhere. And I ugly cry, so I don't cry in public. So this was very bad for me. And the women around me, all of my girls, just stopped having fun, having dinner, and just started praying for me and interceding for me, declaring life over me. And my leaders, Chris Aguilar, Tony, Anthony, Gabe, um, they just started to declare and pray over me. Iron sharpens iron. They started giving me wisdom. They started giving me discernment. They started giving me advice. And in the middle of the restaurant, they started praying over me. And all of a sudden, I just felt all of this burden and anger and frustration just lifted up on me in the middle of a restaurant. And I know that I needed them at that moment that I was going to go through that point of my life. And it wouldn't have happened if I wouldn't have showed up. The sad thing is that during, uh, because of COVID, 181% increase in loneliness in the United States of America. The enemy knows how powerful friendships are. The enemy knows that we're weaker when we are alone. The enemy knows that if he can grasp a hold of our friendship, he can grasp a hold of our future. We have not given friendship the importance that it is. There is, there is a stronghold in the next generations on friendships. You see movies, you see Netflix, you see all of these things. And friends are gossipers. They are people who hate upon you. They are people who steal your wives and your boyfriends. They are not what friendships are. Friendships are people who lift you up when you are down. Friends are people that when you need pray, they will pray intercede for you. Friendships are... That person that when you feel you cannot do it anymore, they will grab you, call you, and say, yes, you can. 
God will use friendships in your life to speak life to you and in you. Unfortunately, friendships, um, this attack on friendships has also filtered our churches with the spirit of offense. Um, I walked into a place, I didn't say hi, and now she's offended. It's very common and um, unfortunate that we sometimes hide behind the spirit of fear of rejection or of not being accepted, and that is a lie of the enemy. That is a lie of the enemy because God designed friendship. In the book of Genesis, he said everything was so good. He's like, the sun, awesome, clouds, wow, I did a good job. And then he created man, and the only thing that wasn't good was that he was alone. The only thing that wasn't good that was he, he was alone. He walked through the Garden of Eden with them as friends. And then what happened? Sin happened. But then Jesus came. And he is epitome and example of what a friendship is with his 12 disciples and his three besties. And he gave us a blueprint of what a friendship is. He gave us a blueprint of what it is to love one another. And my favorite verse is... Two are better than one because they have, they have a good return for their labor. If either one of them falls down, one can help the other up. But woe is he who falls and nobody brings him up. That is so powerful, you guys, because this really tells us how important and crucial friendships are in our lives. So I just want to pray over every one of you here who have had a spirit of fear, or maybe they have been hurt by a friend, or they have been offended by a friend, and they are afraid to open their hearts. Or if you say, you know what, Chantel, I'm good. I have my besties. I have my girlfriends. I want to pray over you that you have a supernatural discernment and authority over this generation and the next, that we can revolutionize what friendships look like, that we can just step the devil on the head and just kill that lie, that friendships are not necessary, that we can do it better alone, that we don't need them, that they're not important in our lives, that we can lift up our next generation, showcasing them and showing what friendships are because we are better together and we're stronger when we're united in a community. But guess what? You have to show up. They're not going to fall on your lap. They're not going to come up to you and be like, hi. Well, I maybe sometimes I did that, but... <laughs> That's just me. <laughs> uh, but they're not going to. You, need to. you need to show up. You need to show up and sign up and tear away any kind of barriers that you may have in your lives. So I want to pray over that tonight. Can you in prayer? And I want to thank you, Lord, for this moment. I want to thank you, Jesus, because you were the epitome of a friendship. Because you showed us what it is to love one another. In your word, you have teaching us, you, there's 122 verses about friendship and love, Lord, and I just ask a spiritual discernment over us, over our church, over our community, Lord. I declare that there's going to be supernatural connections and wonderful friendships that are going to rise from this church, Lord. I declare that it's going to be new businesses, Lord, territory taken, Lord, amazing new ventures, Lord, together in a community. I declare there's going to be a supernatural impact in this generation and the next, Lord, of what friendships are. I dismantle any lies of the enemy in our minds right now, Lord. If there's a spirit of fear, it's gone. If there's a spirit of offense, it's gone in the name of Jesus. I just lift every woman, every man here, and I just declare that they just open their heart, Lord, and I thank you for what this new movement that you're going to do in this church because we're going to impact not only San Diego Chula Vista, but the nations and our children and our children's children, Lord. And I thank you for these amazing men and women that are here tonight, Lord. I thank you. I praise you. We honor you in the name of Jesus. Amen. So I am going to introduce beautiful Vanessa Blinsky, quick um, going around. 
She was the first one I saw walking into DNA, and I saw her, and I said, wow, these girls are not only beautiful from the inside, but they're spectacular from the outside. I was like, where did they come from? She, <laughs> she is stunning, beautiful, amazing, prophetic, the best Vanessa Oblinsky. Gosh. Hello, church. Oh, my goodness. How incredible, Chantel. Wow. Um, my gosh, it's such an honor to be able to share with you guys tonight. Um, I just want to start off by honoring our campus pastors, Pastor Mike and Katie, and um, their baby. They just made the, the most beautiful, perfect baby I've ever seen. It's so, it's so ridiculous. But yeah, I want to honor also our pastors uh, in the front row and uh, my amazing husband, Frank. <laughs> Wow, uh, Chantel, you did such an amazing job. You're incredible. I'm feeling so expectant for tonight. God is doing amazing things. And when I was asked to share tonight, um, God immediately um, highlighted to me what he wanted to speak to me. Um, not to me, to you guys. <laughs> to you, on. And he um, shared with me that he's wanting to have a conversation with some of you tonight about the spirit of rejection. And that he's wanting to sh me to share some of my story um, to do that. And the Bible says that we have overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the power of our testimony. And, and I believe that tonight some of you are going to be set free by hearing some of our testimonies. Amen? Amen. So, a little bit of me. I was born and raised in Montreal, Canada. Hey. Um, when my father and my mother met, uh, my father was already married um, and had kids. Got into a situationship with my mom. It didn't work out. <laughs> Wonder why. Um, so, when that didn't work out, my, mo uh, my dad went back to his wife and his family and figured that um, he'd give up on trying to have a relationship with me. And would wait until I was old enough to be able to have a relationship with him without my mom as a middleman, um, which would be about 16, 18 years. So looking back today, my mom, sing single mother of two, her first relationship had also failed, and uh, my brother's father had also left. Um, I just know that looking back, she was dealing with a lot of pain, a lot of rejection herself, which made her incapable of loving us the way that we needed to be loved. And I just remember her being emotionally so removed and also abusive and um, yeah and I just know that she was dealing with a lot uh, my mom um, gosh didn't tell me that she loved me until I was 27 boarding on a plane uh, to move to the U.S. to be with my husband um, true story <laughs> so for me as a young girl trying to navigate life um, and just lacking the love and security of my parents, I was just trying to find it in all the wrong places and going to friendships and relationships to feel secure, which eventually uh, started leading me in all the toxic places and led me to uh, physically and emotionally abusive relationships. So by the age of 21, I got pregnant. Uh, with my boyfriend of, at the time, and him too rejected me and abandoned me when he realized that he was not ready for that life. And um, my family was appalled by that, so a big chunk of them also decided that they wanted nothing to do with me um, for a while. So I just remember at the young age of 22 feeling so broken, so unworthy, so unwanted, and filled with shame. And at that point, I just knew that I had this beautiful baby that needed me and that I was going to make sure was loved and secure. And I knew that to be the best version of myself that I needed to be as a mom, what, the best that I, version that I knew at that time was that I needed to work hard to provide, but also find rest and keep doing the things that I loved, which one of them included traveling. So I booked a trip by myself and I decided to leave. Um, to Hawaii and boarded a plane uh, that would forever change my life because I sat next to a man that would later become my husband <laughs> and lead me to Jesus. Praise the Lord. Um, but yeah, 
I just, you know, looking back, you can see the weave of rejection that was going through my life, and it was a pattern, right? And when I moved here to San Diego, um, I felt some relief. I felt some relief from being far away from everybody, uh, my mom, the people who hurt me, my mistakes. I didn't have to face anybody, but I was still hurt, and I was still broken. And even though I was here working hiding, the the brokenness was still there. And I just remember... um, as, because we didn't know anybody when we moved here, as we were making friends and building new friendships, um, I dealt with a lot of fear of being rejected. Like, I was not expecting that. And I just started to be afraid of being myself around people. I was afraid of what I would say, how I would act, um, so my walls would go up. I didn't want to share too much or get too close, so my walls would go up again. And what that caused me is that the withholding and the hiding behind my walls um, caused me to feel very lonely. And the good thing is that Jesus came and met me where I was. and began to piece back my heart together piece by piece. And um, he used people, friendships, and community to do that. Um, Friends came into our lives and taught us how to do marriage, how to have healthy relationships, how to have healthy friendships. But in order to do that, I had to be vulnerable. I had to let my walls down. I had to yield to the process that Jesus was taking me on. And I'd love to stand here and say that it was easy, but it really wasn't because healing hurts. And uh, as he showed up, he really did show up. He transformed my life. But it was this process, and it's still a process. And God highlighted that to me um, last month in Cherish. As Pastor Katie and Pastor Lisa were sharing their letters to their high school selves, I I realized that God was having conversation with me and um, sharing with me that I still had work to do in that department, which is okay, right? (laughs) So... um, if you're here tonight and you can relate in any way, shape, or form to my story, or if you feel like there's a wall standing in the way of deeper friendships and deeper relationships, maybe God is wanting to have a conversation with you tonight and breaking those walls down. And I look at Hagar's story in the Bible. She was so mistreated and so rejected by Sarah. Um, and uh, ran away from her because of the pain and the rejection that uh, she was having from her. And um, uh, because, Sarah, um, because Sarah found out that she was pregnant with Abraham's baby, and she orchestrated that, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> so Hagar ran away in the wilderness, but God met her there. Genesis 16, 7 says, the angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert. It was the spring that is beside the road of Tushar. And he said, Hagar, Sarah's maid, where have you come and where are you going? Then he commanded her to go back to his mistress, Sarah, to her mistress, Sarah. And he blessed her and her baby. But God already knew where Hagar was coming from. And he already knew where she was going. But isn't it interesting that he asked her to go back to the place of affliction, to go back and face a rejection. He already knew that he was going to be there with her in the journey and that she was going to have breakthrough because he commended a blessing over her. Um, And then a little further, verse 13 says, Then she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees. For she said, Have I also here seen? him who sees me. And I'm here to tell you tonight that God sees us. He sees our pain. There's no hiding from him. He met Hagar in the wilderness where she was running to hide, but he'd be with Hagar when she went back to Sarah. And um, if you're walking around here, not here, but just in life, (laughs) with your walls up wondering Why does it feel so lonely? Why uh, isn't anybody letting me in? Maybe, just maybe, it's because you're standing on this side of the wall that you've built. And people can see you. They can get to you. And as much as they would want to, there's no way in. And God is is wanting for them to see you. And the good news is that he sees you. And there's no wall tall enough, big enough for him to not go through. So... 
Um, God is wanting to bring you peace and freedom where you've experienced rejection before and wanting to mend your heart. Overcoming rejection for me was when I stopped putting people on a pedestal and letting them define who I was by what they said or their actions and let God say who I am and just believe the living word of God and about what, what I, who I am. And I just stopped also uh, trying to fill my voids with things that were not of God and just putting him at the center. So not to say that, that I don't feel that sometimes, still I do, because I'm only human, but the fear of rejection doesn't hold me and it has nothing over me. And I know that it, has, it can have nothing over you as well because we serve a God that is big and powerful and there's nothing too impossible for him to break down. So. Uh, <laughs> when we put our hope and trust in Jesus and him only to make us feel secure, the pressure is removed from people to fill those voids. And on the other side of that is beautiful friendships, beautiful relationships that are not pressured by the fear of being reject rejected. So maybe that process for you, that conversation for you starts tonight. Maybe it starts in Cherish, at Cherish Conference. But my prayer for you would be that you would let your walls down and that you would allow yourself to be vulnerable and be um, included. So yeah, our God is patient, he's kind, and he waits on you. He's waiting on you. He's not, but you have to make decision. The, the decision. You have to choose him. So I just want to pray for you guys tonight. If you would stand up and pray. Father God, thank you so much, Lord, for giving me the strength and confidence to share tonight, Lord. I thank you that you're a big God, that you're kind and patient, that there's nothing too impossible for you to break down. No wall is too impossible for you to go through, Lord. We thank you that right now there's already a conversation that's been started. There's already hearts that are being softened. There's already pieces of the hearts of people that are being mended together, Lord, and we thank you for that. We thank you for the process. You thank you that you take that you weave um, your story into our lives, Lord, and that we get to share it and we get to uh, learn from one another, Lord. We thank you for what you're doing tonight. We rebuke the lies of the enemy. No rejection, no abuse, no uh, lies and hell will come in the uh, in the way of the, the destiny that you have prepared for us, Lord. And we thank you for the blessings that are on, on our people. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Wow. So next up, I'd like to welcome our beautiful pastor, Christina Sainz, that is incredible, well of wisdom. I love you. Oh my goodness. You guys can go ahead and be seated. It's such an honor to be up here to share a little part of my story. And what an amazing story. And Vanessa and Chantel, I mean, wow, you guys, incredible, incredible. I love hearing other people's stories. And it links into what God downloaded to me. Um, you know what? When Pastor Katie uh, first told me, to ask me, not told me, she asked me if I would like to step up and share a little bit tonight. I, I mean, everything in me wanted to say no. <laughs> but the first thing that came out in, in my mouth is, of course. Yes, of course. And later on, I am like, God, what do I say? I'm freaking out. And instantly, God just downloaded what he wanted me to say and share with you all. And um, I want to start with the scripture in John 15, 5. And it says there, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And I was searching God, I was asking God, what is it that you want me to share tonight? Is it my testimony? Is it my, my life before awaken? What is it? And he instantly showed me, I want you to share on how you found your voice through your yes. I was like, okay, my journey in finding my voice. And where did I find my voice? And my husband and my 
amazing boys that are here, which I honor them in so many ways because they're part of this journey as well as all of you guys are. I found my voice in this house as I said yes. And the image that God gave me when I was preparing my notes was an image of a father or a parent teaching their little one how to walk across the street safely. And as you all know who are parents, is you're walking with your little one and you're holding them by their hand and the only way they can get to the other side is if they're holding the parent's hand, they'll get to the other side safely. But as you know, too, with toddlers, you find them that sometimes they're squirming out of your hand and they don't want to go and they stay behind. Or sometimes they want to squirm out of your hand because they feel I can get across the street myself you know, and do it myself. And that's the image that he put in me to put together this story of my journey of my yes. And um, so a little bit about us. Um, coming into Awaken, I remember my first service, coming into Awaken, stepping into those doors 10 years ago and uh, in Carmel Valley and instantly experienced the presence of God, the power of God, just like tonight. So beautiful, so tangible. And then what impacted me and what changed my world was seeing Pastor Leanne on the preview sharing about Cherish. The vision, her heart. And for me, that was the first time I ever experienced and saw a woman of God so confident, speaking out in boldness, just stepping out and sharing what God placed in her heart. And I instantly, I looked at my husband and we, we, felt, we felt it together and I said, that's what I've been missing. That's what I've been missing. Prior to that, I've been saved for, since I was in middle school. And I was plugged in. As soon as I was saved, I plugged into an amazing church. I grew up in this incredible church and God took me through this amazing journey of breakthrough. But... When I got to a place of my marriage and parenting, I felt something was missing. I felt a missing piece. And that's what led us here to awaken because we both felt like God was calling us into something deeper, something more. Like we kept hitting the ceiling and it's like, I wanna take you to more. And I'm like, wow, okay. So we grabbed our family and we stepped into the unknown. And it was scary. It was a scary moment in my life because it's not just me and my husband, it's now a family. So of course, prayer went into it and it felt like that moment, just like the image that God downloaded. Okay, God, it's you and me. Let's do this together. I was afraid, but I was doing it with him and saying yes to the unknown. We stepped into this amazing church, not knowing a single person, but knowing that we wanted more of God, and he brought us here for a reason. Seeing that image of Pastor Leanne and Cherish, I knew that I was in the right place where I was going to find what I needed in my life. Right away, we knew, we knew in order for us to grow, we needed to get planted. So that was the first thing I heard from my husband's mouth. We got to get planted. Okay, what do we have to do to get planted? We started hearing about connect groups. We started hearing about serving. Okay, we started plugging in, getting into a connect group, starting to serve. We signed up for the parking team. Nobody called us. Okay, we're not going to do the parking team. That's fine. Started, and then plugging into the connect group. Oh my gosh, our leader at the time, Gina Kalalui stepped over to us and he said, my husband said, he goes, whatever we do, we're going to do together because we, we journeyed apart for so long. We did ministry apart for so long that he felt, okay, let's do this together. So we did it together. But through that journey, through that journey, we began to serve and God began to bring those missing voices that I needed in my life around me through these amazing cherished women. I started seeing these women so confident, so strong, hearing their voices in my life, speaking into me and sharing such great breakthrough and when I heard their voices they directed me back to God those voices directed me back to God and I remember I remember in each part of the next piece of our journey and the next piece of our journey as we oh as we stepped into the first ministry that they asked us to lead which was kids church 
opening for Eastlake. <laughs> They're like, I remember sitting in that table across from Pastor Emma and Drew, and they looked over to us and they asked us, we like you to take over our kids' church ministry. Everything in me again said, no. <laughs> I didn't say it out loud, but in me I was like, no. And the first thing that came out of my husband's mouth is, yes. And I was like, oh. We went into the car, I talked to my husband, I said, shouldn't we be praying about this? Shouldn't we talk about this? And he said, <laughs> he said, we have been praying. And I was like, my God, yes, you're right. Our journey has been holding on to his hand all the way through, even in the scary moments and pressing through it and saying yes and really trusting God to take us to the other side safely. Not knowing what's gonna be on the other side. These little ones don't know what's gonna be on the other side. They just know you're taking them there. But I felt that. I was like, okay, God, we're doing this together. And oh my gosh, that season of, I don't know, I've never ran kids church. I don't know what to do. We didn't have any curriculum. We were starting brand new. It was a new campus. And with the leadership of, of our amazing women of God in our house, God guided us in leading and raising up kids church in a movie theater, in movie theater platforms and how to build security and everything. And it was just like, it was such an amazing season of my life. And I began to see so much breakthrough in that season. And I was so grateful that God surrounded me with a community and family to walk through that with me. Later on, oh my gosh, he asked us into step into something even newer. And through this journey, oh my goodness, he asked us to take over and open up um, pastoral care ministries, step into pastoral care ministries. I was like, oh my gosh, deliverance, praying, ministers. And here I am thinking, who am I to lead these ministers? They're pastors. And like, who am I to speak on deliverance? I'm like, what in the world? I just did not know. It was so uncomfortable. We, at the time, we were, we were leading connect groups and we were connect coaches and we were in that lane. And then we were also kind of taking over this lane. And then they said, we want you to take even more in this lane. And I was like, okay. We again got together again. And my husband looked at me. He goes, what do you think? And I said, well, this is comfortable. I know what to do. Second nature. We love it. I have no idea what I'm doing over here. This is completely the unknown. Again, I was in a place where I was scared. And I was like, oh, God. And there I go again. And I hold you by the hand, God, every step of the way, believing that you're going to show me every single step. And sure enough, he did. He began to open doors for us. He began to provide volunteers. He began to raise up our teams and bring such incredible people in my life that I feel so honored to do life with. Women of God that speak into my life, that sharpen me, that help me to raise up to the next level. I feel so honored to be blasted by such incredible voices in my life. It was such a beautiful season. But in that season, I began to also start identifying, I guess because I started going into deliverance ministry, I started being able to identify like, yes, yes, uh-huh, I see that. I see it now, I see it now. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, through that, and through that time, God started showing me all these false identities that I started taking on that were limiting my voice to be the voice he called me to be, to speak out and to be confident in who he called me to be. I was blinded and limited by those false identities that I perhaps got from other people that I might have put them on me through different ways or I put on myself. So as I begin to identify like, ah, oh, that's why, okay, I can see it. That's why I struggled here. That's why I was slow to this. That's why, okay, all right, let's take care of these identities. And right away, I went to my 
my, um, how would you guys call them? I don't know what you guys call them. My fireballs, my uh, women of God, my, my Lorena and Pastor Gladys. And I called my ladies and I said, okay, I can identify these. I need you guys to get them out of me. Get them all out. I don't want nothing there. <laughs> so what I did is I spent that time in the hands of women that I trusted. I never was able to trust women in my life until I came to this house. I was never able to hear a mama's voice and to see a woman of God displayed up there until I came to this place in this house and God began to break off those false identities. And these are happy tears. <laughs> he began to break off those false identities. And he began to give me a new voice of authority. He began to give me opportunities in a new platform, thank you, to speak to women. He gave me the honor of being a pastor over women and men and this church. And it's such an honor because I never saw that in myself until God began to break those things off of me and I was able to see that in myself and I'm so grateful for women like Pastor Stacy to call me up and say you got this it's in you I see you hearing pastors share with me Pastor Katie and tell me and hearing from her voice I trust you Oh, how I long to hear that. I trust you. And I'm like, wow, what an honor. And tonight, just looking back and reflecting, you know, my journey of feeling scared and all those new, all those areas, all those new areas, but not letting fear take away my yes. Not staying behind but instead holding the Father's hand as I crossed over to the unknown. As I said yes, throughout my journey, God was doing a breakthrough. Not necessarily like at the end when I had my deliverance ministry, but every time I said yes to connect, to serving, to being in the places, cherish conference, cherish events, prayer. Every time I said yes, God was doing a breakthrough and giving me my voice. And now I found my voice in Him with His breath leading the way. And I feel so honored that I get to live this life with Him, surrounded by incredible, my incredible family, and all of you, my community, who are now my family. And my, I thank you guys for the honor to share my story, a little bit of my story. And right now, I want, I want to have this moment. If you can all just stand up for me, please. As I was preparing for this message and asking God, how do you want to minister to your church and your family? And as I began to hear Chantel's beautiful story and Vanessa's beautiful story, that's what I desired in my life, having women like that in my life to sharpen me, to, to take me to the next level, to help me in my breakthrough in my life. And that's when I began to see all of you. And God gave me this verse in Psalms 34, 4. As I sought the Lord on the authority of his word, and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. And right now I ask you, if you are carrying any fear or any, you've identified that you have some false identities about yourself and you need God to just remove those and restore who you are 
tonight I am going to open up the altar in a couple minutes and I'm going to ask the ministers to come up here and I want you guys this time take this time to really close your eyes and ask God to search your heart whatever it is that's stopping you from saying yes from having your yes to the next season, to the next steps, whatever God is pulling you to, I want you to just surrender it all at this moment, just you and God. Take this time to surrender those words that were spoken over you, those words that you have taken on. And as I begin to pray, I'm gonna ask the ministers to please make their way up and I'm gonna pray over you and we're gonna open the altars. And I would like you to please just make your way up here. And if you identified yourself with any one of our stories in Chantel and Vanessa, please make your way up here and we'll go ahead and pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. God, you are a good, good God and you are so faithful. I thank you for the word that you have placed, Father God, in Chantel and in, in Vanessa and in myself tonight, Father God. I thank you for the word that you have brought, Father God, to your children, Father God, to your house, Father God. A word, Father God, that is in season, Father God. A word, there's such a time as this. Today is the word, Father God, that has fallen on your children, Father God. You want to awaken something in them, Father God. You want to, Father God, take them through their breakthrough. You want to take them, Father God, to the next place in their lives and in their season. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. Thank you, Father God Almighty, as they step forward, Father God, and say yes to you, Father God. I thank you that you are going to begin, Father God, to reveal to them, Father God, those areas that they need to release to you, Father God. You're going to reveal to them, Father God, those areas of surrender, Father God. You're beginning to reveal to them, Father God, the places that they need to step away from. And you're going to show them clearly your mighty hand, Father God, extending to them, Father God, and help them, Father God, to hold tight to your hand and walk through, Father God, their fears, walk through their doubts, walk through into the next season and the next thing that you're calling them into. Father, I thank you for breakthrough tonight. Right now, Father God, thank you for a download of breakthrough, Father God. In Jesus' mighty name, thank you, Father God. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.